Good morning, Living the Word Church, as we are hashtag technically together. Listen, I got my St. Louis Legends hoodie on. I'm repping the Lou and the metropolitan area. Some of y'all have been really fans of my hoodies, and some of y'all have been some haters of my hoodies, but that's okay. I'm greatness, you're greatness in the making. You get the point, right? I hope you laugh there. Listen, I'm always ecstatic about being uh, gathering with you, and I, I can't wait for us to get together, and I can't wait to see what God is doing when we gather. But that's coming down the pipeline. You can find out more information at our Capital Campaign website, vision2020ltwc.com. Here's the deal, you all. We are in a wonderful series, a powerful series titled A Bold Statement. We're making the statement that God has called us to make a difference. Before I jump into that, I want to share with you some things that I have been dealing with and embarking upon. One, um, I have a book that's in the making, and I'm excited about that. Can't wait to release that. We are in the process of finishing our $3 million capital campaign and walking into our building. I'm excited about that. Um, we have been discipling like crazy. I'm in the process of kicking off some wonderful Bible study apologetics boot camp stuff. I'm excited about that. Now, I am literally from A to Z completely <sighs> overworked. <laughs> and I want to tell you, thank you for your patience. If I've missed a phone call or two, thank you for your patience. But a group of pastors got together during this pandemic, and we recognized that we need to fellowship more, and not just within our own backyard. So every Wednesday, a group of seven pastors, including myself, we get on a Zoom call, and we walk through the Bible together. So we walk through the Gospel of Luke, and now we're walking through the Book of Acts together. And it's our way of learning and growing and communing, and we get to have a safe place to talk about what's going on in our world. As a result of that, uh, and that's been going on since around September, I've gained new friends. Like, I'm so thankful for God sending new friends in this season. One of those people is a, a guy by the name, he's a pastor, by the name of Doug Garasic. He's out of Ohio, the Rust Belt, and his church's name, Rust City. It is an amazing story. It started with 14 people, and they grew to three locations. A lot of great stuff is happening in that wonderful town that God called him back to. Kind of similar to East St. Louis, where people are trying to leave the city. And same as with Niles, Ohio, people are trying to leave Ohio, and God called him back, and he is the glue to the community there. Well, I asked him to do me a big favor and to preach for us and to bring a message based on what he knows about us. And listen, I promise you, if you would give him the first 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes will be worth your while because it is going to connect some dots on how we make a difference and how the church and the marketplace can come together to do some amazing work. So if you would, please greet love on my dear brother, Pastor Doug Garasic from Rust City Church. Well, hello, my name is Doug Garasic. Thank you so much for joining us at church today. Your pastor is one of my favorite people on the planet. I just love his heart, his vision, his direction for where your church is going. I wanna encourage you guys, lean in to what God is doing at your church. I know you've been online. I know that's been a trial for all of us across the country, but I truly believe the church's best days are ahead of it, and that we are gonna experience growth beyond measure, that God is doing things right now, even online, even as we've been shut down by a pandemic, even as the world we knew a year ago has flipped upside down, God is still in control, he is not shaken, 
Heaven is not shaken. And this church right here, I just see God doing incredible things with. So I wanna encourage you, lean into what God's doing. Lean into the vision. As I said before, my name is Doug Garasic. I'm a pastor in Ohio. Your pastor David and I have become really good friends through this pandemic. And I was sharing with him one time on a call we were on, this revelation that God has been downloading in me. And he gave me this incredible opportunity to just share it with you today. So I'm just believing God for the next few minutes as we open his word and we look into what he's saying, that there are gonna be some things that unlock in you. For some of us today, your calling is on the other side of the next few minutes we're gonna be together. I really believe in my heart, some of you have been dormant to the call that God has on your life. And today we're gonna open up that call as we learn about something that God's been taking me on a journey. I'm a pastor of an incredible local church named Rust City. Rust City Church is in Youngstown, Ohio. Pre-pandemic, we had multiple locations. We have seen God move. I am celebrating 10 years as a lead pastor with this amazing body of believers. And I just wanna encourage you, as we look at scripture today, I believe that I'm gonna take this subject that I've been studying hours and hours and hours, and I'm gonna condense it in a way that hopefully brings life and freedom. And like I said, a calling, because you have a calling to what your pastor is doing. You have a calling to what the church at large is doing. And for some of us, we've been so dormant. Today is that wake up that I believe God is wanting to do. Some of my favorite combinations on the planet are things that happen by accident or happen in a moment that you and I look back on and say, wow, that changed the course of humanity. One of them is peanut butter and jelly. You know, PB&J was started in 1901 with this concept of taking peanut butter paste and putting it with a grape jelly. And then they discovered between two pieces of sliced bread, that combination was gonna change things in America. It really picked up steam by World War II because it was so cheap to go across the ocean with and give it to our soldiers fighting in World War II. Well, they fell in love with it. They brought it back home and by the 1940s, it was a household item for kids all the way to adults to enjoy peanut butter and jelly. That combination made a huge impact on the world around it. Think about things like salt and pepper. I'm talking about the R&B group. Think about things like Chick-fil-A and church folk. Think about Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Certain combinations just work. Your Bible teaches us that there is a combination that God has, that when that combination is in alignment, when that combination gets in sync with one another, that combination can change the world around it. We find in our Bibles this statement, kings and priests, kings and priests. It's actually littered throughout your Bible from the beginning of the early Old Testament all the way to Revelation chapter one, verses five through seven, it talks about kings and priests. And I believe today what's happened in the body of Christ is we have lost the callings of kings and the callings of priests. You might be saying to me, Doug, what's the difference between the two? Well, priests 
are what I believe is a fivefold ministry gift. There is, there is pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists. Uh, there are people that are called to the fivefold ministry gift. I forgot apostles in there as well. And those five things are what Jesus says is called to equip the body. And, and so I believe there's people that have priest callings on their life that they are meant to carry out and care for the house of God and see what God is saying. Catch this, the vision of where God is going in the church and then get us going in that vision. I believe that I've got a priestly calling on my life, that I see where God wants to go. I see how he wants to reach people who are not yet reached. And then I want to help get the body going in that direction. I got the vision of where God wants to take the church. There are priests in our callings. There are priests around us. Your pastor is a priest called by God to see the vision of where God is going and to get us going in that direction, not just for our sake, but to expand the kingdom of God and reach more people who have not yet heard the gospel or have not heard it in a way that unlocks their potential to who they are. So there are priests' callings, but there's also king callings. And I think so often that we've missed out on this powerful combination that when they are aligned will change the way that your church is going and it will do things that will change the world around it. What's a king calling, you might be asking? It's someone who has the ability to get into the marketplace to get outside of the church walls and generate resources, generate income, generate provision for the vision. That's a good spot for an amen. There's vision that God gives a priest. And yet there's a calling that comes behind that priest to say, we will create the provision for the vision that God wants to take our church, not just for us, but to reach a world around us. There is a calling put on kings and there is a calling put on priests. And what I think's happened to so many guys and gals in the church is if we're not the pastor, if we're not the priest, if we don't have the vision, we feel like our calling is secondary. We feel like our calling is lesser than. In all reality, the devil has lied to you. He has taught you that you are second place if you're not a pastor on a stage teaching and preaching if you're not the one hearing from God for the vision. I'm here to unlock something in you that you have got a calling to create provision. You have a calling to create resources. You have a calling to take territory. You are a king and a queen. You are called of God to get out there in the marketplace, bring in the resources of this world, have those ideas, those dreams, start those businesses, get those things going. And then you take that provision and you don't consume it all for yourself. You don't just eat it all for you. You then take that provision and you align it with the vision of words God going, and that combination is better than peanut butter and jelly. That combination is better than Jordan and Pippin. That combination is better than salt and pepper or Chick-fil-A and church folk. That combination will truly change the world. That is a game-changing combination. And for many of us, we have lost the calling to go out and be the kings that God has called us to be. There's some characteristics of priests, and there's some characteristics of kings that I wanna unpackage for the next few moments. Because you might be wondering, am I a king? Am I a priest? I don't know yet, I'm still figuring that out. 
And I want to give you some clarity so that you and I have a better understanding. Hey, I'm called to be a priest. I'm called to do that work. Or I'm called to be a king. And by knowing this, I'm going to quit being frustrated that I'm not the other. But I'm going to lean into that calling. I'm going to lean into those characteristics. And I'm going to do my role. I'm going to make a difference here. Here's some characteristics of priests. Number one, they usually, if you're a priest, you know this, you usually have more vision than provision. You've got vision to where God wants to take the ministry. You've got vision for where God wants to do on this planet, but yet you lack the provision to make that happen. As a priest, your challenge is to make sure that kings are living righteously. The second thing I want you to realize is you have a calling and a characteristic to say, hey, to those around me who are kings, I'm gonna help you live righteously. I think it's such a detriment to the church that when somebody has money, the pastor gets insecure about bringing correction, love and care to them and saying, hey, there is a calling, there is a righteousness for you to live as well. And I'm gonna pastor you, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you grow to places that yet you haven't even grown yourself to yet. So a characteristic of a priest is to help those kings around them live righteously, in right standing with God. The third characteristics of a priest that has this calling on their life is to pray for and care for the family of kings. Hey, you've got a calling to pray for the kings in your life. I have a list of the kings that are in my life, the men and women who are taking territory around our community and around our nation. And in so, I am called to pray for them. I am called to care for them and their families. I am meant to be a pastor to kings. You see it in the Old Testament so often that there were uh, kings who were out there and their priests would come alongside them and they would build them up and care for them because... Who else is going to? The fourth characteristic of a priest is that they run the ministry that they're overseeing in a way that blesses the kings in their life. Please, pastors, hear me if you're listening to this message. Don't run your ministry in such a way that it brings dishonor to the kings who sow into that ministry. The kings who sow provision into that ministry want to see it ran in a way that makes sense to them. It's okay to create uh, reports and things that make sense to kings in the way they do business. Don't run in such an opposite way where it's uh, ill-managed and we don't have records and we don't take care of all the details of the house. Like, oh sure, we I don't know, there, we may turn in receipts, we might not. Run it in a way, priest, that honors the kings around you. Those are characteristics of a priest. Now let's look at some characteristics of kings. One characteristic of a king is this, is they're not always going to be at church every time the doors are open. They're out there doing and growing ministry because, hey, they've got to go build things and provide provision. We actually have one of our elders on our in our church that used to work on staff and began to feel this calling to go start business. Well, in a matter of a very short amount of time, he became very successful in business. And he went from being available for everything and anything all the time because he worked here and his life was here and that was what he did to a point where he began to provide provision for our church in such a way 
that he became a top giver really fast. And God just kept blessing him and blessing him. He kept giving back to God's house. But here was what was happening. There were business deals at time that took him away from being at every time the church doors were open, he was here. And there was a little bit of that feeling of like, man, dude, am I, am I missing it? Am I not? And I'd ask him questions. Hey, are you growing spiritually? Do you feel God's presence? When you can be here, are you here? Yes, of course. I said, listen, man, you're doing your job for the kingdom. So don't feel like, now I'm, this isn't like a get out of church pass for those of you who are like, I'm a king, I don't gotta go to church. No, we need our families in the house of God. We need to be connected to what God is doing. But I wanna tell you, there are times where kings, God opens a door and he doesn't want you just because the church doors are open to not step into that door. Many times the characteristic of a king is they can't always be there when church is open, but their hearts are, their provision is, their resources are, and they're like, I am out here not gaining for just me. See, something interesting that kings need to know is that if you consume all of your resources for yourself, you will never be satisfied. You'll always want more. But I found when I give back to God and when kings are generous with what God gives them, it's interesting. God just seems to give them more. It's almost like scripture says, you can't outgive God. It's so funny to me that we hear that, but when we actually begin to ex use it and and actually put it to use. Next thing you know, God just shows up because he will never lie. He does not change his mind. When his word says it, he does it. He's bound by that contract of his word. And so I just want to encourage you, one of the characteristics is they might not always be here, but their hearts are always here. Next one. Second thing, a characteristic of a king is that they're more spiritual than they realize. Kings are more spiritual than they realize. If you look at Solomon in the Old Testament, there's a moment in 2 Chronicles where he dedicates the house of God. He's a king, but yet he had a burden for the house of God. And his prayer is so beautiful. It shows you that kings are not just people who are like, well, I'm not as spiritual as pastors. I'm not spiritual as priest callings. So I'm gonna just go be a part of the world and I'll give some money back to the church. No, you are more spiritual than you realize. You are called to care for the house of God. David was a king. Solomon was a king. These were not priests. They were not like Moses who was a priest. They were kings. And in so, by being a king, they still carried more spiritual depth than what we in today's world label those who go out and make money. So I wanna encourage you, you have more spirituality and more depth than you realize. As a king, you are still spiritually deep. Third thing that I want you to see is godly kings love to give to godly vision. If your heart doesn't come alive to give to what God is doing, you're missing out on part of that calling of kingship. You're not, and I said it before, I'm gonna say it again. When a king devours all the resources for themselves, they gotta have that third home. They gotta have that fourth car. They gotta have the toys. They gotta have all the entrapments of success. And yet there's no leftover, there's no resources to give to the house of God. They're not putting God first in their giving. They're actually, if there's table scraps that just drop a little bit from time to time, I am telling you, you will never be satisfied in what God has called you to be. But godly kings love to give the godly vision. Your church is in the middle of a building project from what I know. You guys are working hard on what God wants to do even through a pandemic. Some of us, 
It is time to reprioritize our finances. It is time for us to say, I am going to be giving more to the godly vision that is here at this church because I am called to be a king. God wants to bless me with more. God, if there's all this wealth out on the world, why wouldn't God give me the ideas to access that wealth? But God is looking for those that he can trust to give those secrets, to give that wisdom, and to simply say, I am going to put to use the godly resources I have to the godly vision that is right here at this church. No more just, hey, I'm just going to get by and what's the minimal I can do? What's the least that I can give? No, God, I'm going to try to outgive you and watch what happens. Another characteristic of kings is they love helping people as long as they're willing to help themselves. Kings don't like to just give to those who abuse the gifts that they give. They want to know that where they put their investment in heaven will produce return on that investment. Anybody who knows anything about money wants an ROI, a return on investment. Now, when I give to things of God, I want those to grow beyond anything that could be in my physical bank account. I want it to grow in such a way spiritually that when I look back, I go, God, look at what you did. When we gave, when we did, when we sacrificed, you showed up so much bigger and generations are changed because of the generosity that I gave in that moment. I want to get to heaven someday and see where my gifts made such a huge impact on a world that I could have never invested them better in the stock market of this world. I invested them spiritually into God's market and his returns just blow my mind. I'm not living for this side of eternity. Hey, I'm living for that side of eternity. Godly kings want to know that when they give their resources, that the person that's going to receive it, the thing that's going to receive it, is going to build off of it, not just squander it away. The last characteristic of a king that I want to mention is they, they are saved to be, they save to be ready for when God calls them to something. They save to be ready for when God calls them to something. I know in my own church, we did a building campaign just recently, and one of the couples that is a part of our church, they're kings in our church. They have that calling on their life. They told me when they heard about the vision of the build, before we asked for a dollar, they began to put away money, believing that God was gonna tell them when the right time to sow that in. They were ready to give when the ask was put in front of them. I wanna encourage you, if you don't have an account that you say, here's my storehouse, I'm moving. Deuteronomy teaches us that God will command a blessing on your storehouse. How can God bless it if you ain't got it? Put that away and say, God, when you speak to me to sow that in, I will give generously. I will be excited. They were so ready to give to what we are doing because they simply said, we were ready for the moment that God said it's time. And so I wanna encourage some of us, you cannot be living hand to mouth any longer. 
Well, but listen, my lifestyle, I get it. It's going to take a few months to detox from the lifestyle you've been living. The American dream has been a nightmare for you. I get that. But you need to start saying, I'm done trying to keep up with the Joneses. They broke and in debt and don't want to talk about it too. I'm going to reverse the curse of my life. I'm going to get my finances in order. I'm going to get myself put together. And I'm going to start setting aside seed because there is a calling on my life and my family that we are kings in God's kingdom. We are not going to stop God from what he wants to do. He says that there is is out there for us. And so when the moment is right, we're ready to give. We don't have to go, man, I wish I would have put this away because I don't want to live my life with shoulda, woulda, couldas. I want to see what God does and sit back and say, God, I love being a part of your kingdom. Because here's what's all in reality. You and I have got callings on our life and Too often they have been dormant. And if this combination can't align, if this combination can't get together, we're gonna find the church broke, tired, without the resources, and we're gonna see ourselves lose what God wants us to gain. Some of us feel like, well, dude, you reference a whole lot of Old Testament. I don't necessarily see this in the New Testament. Actually, in Jesus's journey in Luke chapter eight, verses one through three, there's this incredible moment. And I wanna read it through the message translation because I love the way the message brings us home. And here's what it says. He continued according to the plan. This is Jesus going out. And it says this, he traveled to town after town, village after village, preaching God's kingdom and spreading the message. Jesus is doing this priestly calling and out there spreading the message of God to all those who need it. Town by town, village by village, he is doing what God called him to do. And then it says this, there were also some women in their company, him and the disciples. And it says this, who used their considerable means, these women used their considerable means to provide for Jesus and his disciples. See, don't catch me wrong. When I say kings, I don't mean a gender. See, there are some queens and kings in the Bible who are called. And through their considerable means, these women said, hey, Jesus, you go do you. You're called to go. You don't know how to get a part-time job. You don't got to go work over here to work at Chick-fil-A to go take care of yourself so that you can now go and do what you're called to do as a priest of this world to go out there and speak God to the people. No, with our considerable means, we ain't just going to take care of you, Jesus. We're going to take care of the disciples and all those who are on the road with you so that you can go and do your calling because we're doing our calling. These women had considerable means in Luke chapter eight. And they said, we're gonna use those means not for our own consumption, not for us to have new jewelry and new this and new that and have whatever it is. They said, now we're gonna give it to God. We're gonna give it to the calling. We're gonna give it to the priesthood and to allow the priesthood to go do what it is called to do. And when we have this combination together, we're gonna change the world. And so I just wanna encourage you, men, women, Whoever you are, you've got a king's call on your life. There's always going to be more kings than priests. You can see it in the Old Testament with the 12 tribes of Israel. There was 11 who provided the provision. And there was one, the priesthood from the tribe of Levi, who set the vision of where God's going. So there's nothing wrong, but we do need to understand there's a ratio here. More of us are always going to be called to be kings and priests. We're always going to have that king calling more than any priest calling. And so I want to encourage you, lean into this calling. 
Lean into it because your decision with the provision will set the tone for where the vision can go. I know this because I like to study a little bit of history. Do you know the Civil War was fought in our country? And the Civil War was not going well for the North in the early onset. The North was losing the Civil War. And what's interesting is Abe Lincoln got his generals together and the North was, the South was pushing to a point where they got to Gettysburg. Gettysburg is in Pennsylvania. It's close to me here in Ohio. It is very, very North. They, the South planned on taking Gettysburg, moving to the capital, and they were going to occupy this country. And Abe Lincoln was thinking very quickly, what do we got to do to fix this? And he got his generals together and they realized something. The South had a stronger ambition. They had more fire. They were, their generals were better training their troops. There's a lot winning on the South, even though they had less people. But there was something that the North was able to do that was very smart. They took the railroad systems that the South was utilizing and they took occupies, they occupied and they started to cut off the South's ability to get their supplies from the South up to the North. And by cutting off the railroad system, they weakened the Southern army's ability to have its resources. And what happened, which we all know, is that the North started winning battles because the South literally would run out of bullets. They were not able to feed their troops. They began to get disgruntled and frustrated and their equipment started breaking down. They couldn't get new supplies. And all of a sudden, the North started winning victory after victory after victory. And when I learned this, I felt like God spoke to me. Doug, the reason why the North won is because it was able to cut off the provision. And the reason the devil keeps winning against the church because he's learned how to cut off the provision of the church. The devil takes a run at churches that are growing like yours by teaching us that our provision is for us and for our needs. And if we have any scraps, we give it to what God wants. And I wanna encourage you, if we're really gonna be Christians like the Bible teaches, if we're gonna live this thing out, we have to be willing to say, God, I'm gonna give my provision so that the enemy that's trying to defeat us will not be able to defeat us. We will be strong. We will be organized. We will have excellence. It will be together. We are gonna provide in a way that we start pushing back the gates of hell against our neighborhoods, against our friends and our families. And we are gonna be so resourced that there's no way the devil can eliminate us just because he's taken away our provision. We're not letting that happen. We're gonna reconnect that provision to the vision and start changing the world together. So I'm here to tell you, we need each other. This is a dynamic duo that will change the world. When you lean into your calling and I lean into mine, all of a sudden, we can change everything. I'll leave you with this thought because many of us deal with this idea that we need to be selfish. We need to take what's ours. Selfish people ruin the world. Wouldn't you agree? Selfish people ruin it. But selfless people change it. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, I pray, Lord, as people have leaned in today, that you are speaking to so many right now. They are feeling this suddenly in their heart, that you are calling them to a kingship. Some you're calling to a priesthood, but there are so many that are called to be kings in your kingdom. Your word says in Revelation that there are kings and priests. In the Old Testament, we understand there was kings, priests, and common folk. But you eliminated the commonality when you stepped into the New Testament. 
There's no one in your kingdom who's common any longer. So we have a choice to make. Will I step into the calling that God has for me? I pray, God, that they do. I pray, Lord, as that happens, provision reigns in this church. And all of a sudden, what the enemy and the devil and hell was taking ground in their community, they use that provision to begin to push that ground back to the kingdom of God. And we change the outcomes of our communities and even we change the outcomes of future generations. We turn the tide of this war. We love you, we thank you, and I bless this church in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Looking forward to hopefully meeting you someday in person really soon. Have an incredible rest of your Sunday. Your generosity makes it possible for us to continue to lead people all over the world to become fully devoted followers of Christ. You can be confident that each gift that you give here at Living the Word Church goes directly toward our purpose of building victorious disciples of Jesus Christ. We've developed a convenient method of giving right on our website. You can even set up recurring giving and trust that your gifts will be counted and not forgotten. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Bring a friend and meet us next week. Great week.